This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short routes. Boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is reception. Reception. The show. Um, All right. How about Drake London? This is a highly touted prospect, obviously out of USC. 72 catches on 117 targets. 61.5 percent catch rate. 866 yards. Four touchdowns. All things considered, Matt, I thought he had a freaking great season in Atlanta last year. Yeah, yeah. He's the guy who, from like a targets per route run perspective, actually pops a lot, right? Because he um, just was out there getting the ball thrown his way. Uh, dude, I love Drake London. And and shout out to the the haters and losers who said uh, Drake London couldn't get separation uh, as a college <laughs> player. You know, uh, reception perception pushed back on that notion hard from his prospect yeah. profile standpoint, and definitely, right. you know, pushed back pushes back on that a lot from his rookie year standpoint. You know, and and I think Drake London, not that he's flying under the radar necessarily because he was the eighth okay. overall pick. I think he you know right. he's very highly touted, but I think because of the offense that he plays in, we'll get to that. The offense that he plays in in Atlanta and the mega success of guys like Chris Olave and, and Garrett Wilson, who were like sort of back once Brees Hall got forth, it was like a back and forth race. Like who's going to be offensive rookie of the year. I think yeah. there's a, maybe a notion that Drake London is behind those guys from a talent perspective. And I, I, I totally disagree. Um, I think hmm. he's right there with them. And like, we just talked about a true blue X receiver in George Pickens. That's who Drake London is. And, you know, Drake London's a guy that people thought could be like a big slot or, you know, have sort of, position versatility along with Kyle Pitts and I mean maybe that can still be a thing he does like because he's he's really good at some of those routes but London as a rookie legit big boy x receiver lined up outside on 86 percent of his sample snaps was on the line for 85 percent um you know he again he's so fluid that I think he could offer some positional versatility as like a, a big slot player but yeah man 72.3% success rate versus man, 81.6% success rate versus zone, 72.5% success rate versus press. Like those are numbers that are just like screaming good things from a rookie receiver perspective because we know we want receivers who can beat zone coverage at an 80 plus percent rate. Check. We know if like they're going to be outside receivers, we love to see over 70% success rate versus man. If they're going right. to be like a number one receiver, we love to see over 70% success rate versus press. Check, check check for drake london so um incredibly incredibly impressive rookie season um and yeah the way he wins on in breaking routes like slants digs posts you know what he does on curls flat routes like yeah he he looks like a legit future star receiver fantastic hands uh big time long strider that sneaks up on you after the catch like yeah i i right I, i i really think like the sky is kind of the limit for for drake london he's he's a really really good player Okay, so here's the thing. You take a look at his overall numbers, right? And you're saying to yourself, well, well, it was was pretty good. It wasn't great. 117 targets, you know, 72 catches. Uh, Again, uh, shy of 900 yards. He had 866 yards. Can I just bring this up, though? Um, Atlanta threw to wide receivers, um, the third lowest 
in the NFL. So the third fewest wide receiver targets in the NFL belong to Atlanta. Drake London took home 51% of those wide receiver (laughs) targets. It's crazy. Now, again, you could say, well, they didn't have anybody else to throw to. And I get it. I I totally understand that. But you got to understand that in the NFL, if you're an elite receiver, you're taking home around 40% of the team's total targets to wide receivers. Stefan Diggs was 41, 42%. Um, I just looked this up. Devontae Adams is somewhere in that ballpark too, right? So um, for Drake London to take home 51%, I haven't run all the numbers, but he's got to be up there in terms of either one or two, uh, maybe three in terms of percentage of wide receiver targets taken home 51% Matt that tells you crazy. Um, how much better he was than every other receiving option that or receiver that they had in Atlanta um, and how much they trusted him from a quarterbacking standpoint to throw him the ball yeah um <clears throat> Look, it's not like a high bar to clear the other receivers. On Atlanta, it's it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> but it's, it's not, from a projection no. standpoint this year, by the way, it's not. It's still not a very high bar to clear. Like they added Mac Collins in the offseason. Oh, they have Scotty yeah, Miller. Know. You know, I mean, it's going to be a nothing. very, very highly concentrated offense between Kyle Pitts, Drake London and Bijan Robinson. Like, I think it's a pretty mm-hmm. good like Bijan Robinson should be the odds on favorite to be the third most targeted player in that offense based on what, what they're going to do with him this year. But and and I think it's a good point to bring up that offense, like a lot of London's per target and per, you know, stuff like that is going to look big because the the Falcons didn't really throw the ball last year, which immediately if you want to get hyped about the Falcons, people will throw that right. But, you know, look at what they did. They played boomer ball offense last year. Marcus Mariota was the worst quarterback not named Zach Wilson in the NFL last year. (laughs) And maybe outside of Baker Mayfield, who, you know, like when he played with the Carolina Panthers. Um, And if you look at Arthur, like people hate Arthur Smith's offense. And I think it's very misguided because from a conceptual standpoint, like what he does off motion and play action and, and play design stuff is really good. The way he get like, Listen, I'm telling you, there were people hate Arthur Smith because like he's the reason that Kyle Pitts busted last year. That that man, you know, maybe I don't want to like get a beer with Arthur Smith because uh, maybe we, I don't think we would jive well together. I don't think Although so. I'm, no, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, he's he's probably more cantankerous than me, but I have my moments. Uh, okay, <laughs> but he's definitely, he's definitely more cantankerous than me. I'll tell you what, okay. I wouldn't be that cantankerous if I was like the heir to the FedEx portion. I'll, I'll tell you that. Probably also wouldn't be coaching pro football, but that's another story. Um, right. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, anyways, if you look at like, <laughs> if you look at Arthur Smith's offense, like there were, there were yeah. times where he was dialing, like legit dialing up awesome downfield looks for Kyle Pitts and like Marcus Mariota is just, you know, b- skipping the ball to him, you know, it's sure. just, and if you A look at the drops here and there too. Yeah, sure. And that stuff's just going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Drake London from a statistical perspective was awesome in the four games with Desmond Ritter. Who's to say that, Kyle Pitts wouldn't have been really, you wouldn't have gotten his career or his season back on track with Desmond Ritter. And if you just look at the passing volume stuff for, for Arthur Smith's offense, like throw it, let's throw out the Marcus Mariota games in 2019, yeah. Ryan Tannehill. Cause again, Marcus Mariota has played with Arthur Smith before, which makes the, the, <laughs> the remarriage all the more confusing, but yes. Ryan Tannehill, 2019, 27 pass attempts in per game in his 10 starts, you know, Mariota was at 24, pass attempts per game last year ryan Tannehill in 2020 30.1 percent matt ryan this is what kills me about matt ryan like the, the 
criticism of Arthur Smith's offense and the boomer ball stuff. We have another season to go off of here when with a real quarterback, <laughs> Matt Ryan, 33 pass attempts per game yeah. for Matt yeah. Ryan in 2021. Right. And even right. Desmond Ritter, it jumped up from 24 with Marcus Mariota. It's 28.8% with, or 20, 28.8 per, per game with Desmond Ritter. So I, yeah, like, if there's a if Ritter is even like functional and he was functional, I guess to end last year, like th- this offense is going to throw the ball more than people people expect this year. I, I would not anticipate to them to throw the ball the third fewest um, to wide receivers in in twenty. 20- no. 23. I, I, I would hope not, you know, again, you mentioned the the quarterback can change. Um, and just overall, it seems like there was a little bit more focus on the offense. Now, again, they bring in Bijan Robinson, you figure they're going to run it, but dude, th- hey, go, go turn on some Bijan Robinson t- tape, man. Like this guy can catch the ball, man. This guy yeah. is good at catching the ball. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised there. Plus, oh, by the way, they talked about Cordero Patterson moving back to wide receiver, doing some gadgety type stuff with him, uh, which I think, by the way, I, I'm excited about that. I, I'm mm-hmm. not, a, I'm, you know, I'm not as big a, a Cordero a CPAT guy as uh, Ian Hartitz, but, <laughs> but <laughs> nobody uh, is. But, yeah, nobody is. But but I am excited about, you know, some of the, the, the more gadgety type stuff that I think Arthur Smith can draw up. We've seen him draw up gadgety type plays, man. So I, I think I think that could be uh, something that's very interesting there in Atlanta. Look, CPAT's obviously well, 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 well past his prime. I'm just saying, like, you know, the guy could still run, though, and run with some power and some heart, man. So um, he, he's a he's a, he's a a weapon that I think Atlanta can utilize. They, they've still got uh, a good run game. Um, obviously, I think that's going to be the staple of what they get done there in Atlanta. But Kyle Pitts, can he take a step forward? Drake London, can he take a step forward? Um, it's not going to be the most exciting offense in the world. I don't think you or I are trying to try to say that at all, <laughs> right. yeah. but also won't be just this crazy, weird, you know, 1980 style ground and pound, like trying to hide the quarterback as much as they were to start the season last year. So I think, I think that is probably very fair to say. I'll be interested to see. I think Drake London might be, uh, you know, my, my old school fans know about the March to 1100. I think Drake London's a, a clear March to 1100 guy. Like oh. I'd be surprised if he doesn't Book get it. to 1100 book it, baby book Drake it, baby. London. Yeah. <laughs> 1100 Dude, he checks, yards. checks all the boxes. I mean, every part of his profile, if you yeah. like, go read it on the site, like everything is good. Everything that you want from like number one receiver is good. Just a couple of comparisons from a success rate versus man perspective. Like I mentioned, um, Drake London was at 72.3%. Uh, in his rookie year, here's just a couple other guys like early career Mike Evans, 70.3% success rate versus man in oh. 2016. Allen Robinson is a rookie, 71.7% in 2014. Michael Thomas, 72.1% in 2017. And that's still my favorite player comparison for for Michael mm. for Drake London is Michael Thomas because okay the way these guys get open on what I, like what I talk about those in breaking routes, slants, curls, digs, post routes. Like I think. Michael Thomas will probably never have gotten a real answer on it because he got he started getting injured and then Drew Brees' arm fell off and he got you know the whole thing. Right. But like I think Michael Thomas could take the top off the defense maybe more than people thought. I think Drake London could do the same. But really, where Drake London's going to make most of his money is in the, uh, those base in breaking routes. 
Yeah, um, the 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 eighty eight point two percent success rate on the post is just that's eye opening to me. Sixty three percent success rate on the nine. Hello, that is uh, that's impressive. But man, just eighty percent on the dig, eighty two percent on the curl, eighty two percent on the slant. This is this is everything that you want um, from a, from a wide receiver in terms of, okay, again, I get it all in breaking stuff, but that's great. I mean, again, short, intermediate, deep, the guy's winning at every level of the field. That's impressive. Yeah. I I love him. I I think he's going to be a really, really good player. Like he's, I love him as your candidate for March to 1100. Cause I think he's just the classic. Uh, he showed us he was good as a rookie second year is where it's all going to come together. Um, I definitely don't know how good Desmond Ritter is going to be, but I'm very confident he's going to be better than Marcus Mariota was last year. And that right. that's going to be good for the entire offense. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so in Kansas City, they move on from Juju Smith-Schuster, and you kind of figure maybe Kansas City's feeling confident about a young player in Sky Moore. Um, he profiles to me as like this, like you know, kind of rugged uh, slot receiver type. In 16 games, he only started three games, but in 16 games played, obviously did not get a ton of usage. 16 games played for Sky Moore, which surprised me. I didn't even know he played in 16 games. Uh, but only saw 33 targets and had 22 catches, a 66% catch rate uh, with 250 yards and zero touchdowns. So obviously not a huge impact um, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Why might there be hope, though, uh, for a guy in Sky Moore? Can I just – I want to start the segment by saying this. Watching Sky Moore play – Um, I saw some real traits to me that indicate that I think this guy can absolutely flat out play, uh, especially inside. But what did the RP data uh, show you? Yeah. And Sky Moore, I think the biggest issue and the biggest kind of red flag from his rookie year is not just you mentioned the production, but it was the lack of playing time. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he had zero games over 50 percent snaps and only seven games over 30 percent snaps like he was barely on the field last year. Um, But again, Matt, that's 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 typical for a rookie in an Andy Reid offense. Right. Did I I think we talked about Sky Moore probably when we We talked about Rasheed Rice. Right. And I I think I made the point because I know I wrote it in the profile, but dude, I can't remember shit that I'm saying at this point. But um, (laughs) did I make the analogy when we talked about Sky Moore about like, yeah, yeah. It's basically like moving to a different country, learning the language Mm -hmm. and also learning to drive on the other side of the road. Like it's going from Western Michigan to Andy Reid's offense. That's how big of a jump that is. Okay. Um, And I think people forget that because yeah, Sky Moore's uh, prospect reception perception data was really good, but he was playing at Western Michigan. Like, uh, you know, that was a right. a worthwhile piece of context that constantly got brought up last year. And it was a, a good point. And I think the Chiefs and like Sky Moore has said something to this degree that basically that once he got to Kansas City, they were like, all right, well, we need to kind of build you back from the ground up to be like an NFL receiver in this offense. And, you know, I think the lack of playing time isn't as concerning when you look at a couple of different things. One, like you mentioned, I think Sky Moore's best role is as a slot flanker receiver. And 
they had a good veteran playing in that role last year. Like we know right. Juju Smith-Schuster is not a superstar. Reception Perceptions always pointed that out, but he's not a bad player and he was good no. for the Chiefs in that role last year and yeah, he got banged up a couple times, but that doesn't immediately be like, all right, we're going to throw Sky Moore into that. Like, it's very possible that they looked at Sky Moore as like just purely a developmental player, and I think that's yep. pretty fair. But I would actually say when you look at some of the his alignment data from last year and some of the mm-hmm. per target stuff last year, they were actually kind of putting a lot on Sky Moore's plate when he got on the field, and I think this is important. Um, he was targeted on twenty seven point seven percent of his routes sampled for reception perception. That puts him in wow. the same company as names like Chris Olave and DJ Moore from last year. Wow. Um, and this is what I think is really interesting. Moore took forty percent of his snaps from the slot last season in his reception perception sample. Was in the backfield as like a pre snap motion guy. Seven point seven percent. He was outside on fifty two point three percent. Was off the line for forty two point three percent and on the line for 57.7% to break that down. Basically what that means is they were having him learn and try all three receiver positions, right? Like slot stuff, some gadgety stuff, flanker routes, X receiver routes. You know, I think that is interesting because it kind of shows they were sneaky. It really was like an on the job developmental campaign for sky Moore mm-hmm. coming from that lower level. So yeah, like it, it is a big jump, right? To have to learn the language. Um, to, to learn how to drive on the other side of the road when moving to a foreign country. Um, like I said, with sky Moore. but they were also sneakily being like, Hey, we're also going to, you know, make you, I don't know. Um, learn how to like learn the best restaurants to go to, too. It was kind of putting a lot of on sky Moore's plate. So <laughs> makes sense. I don't know. I think that was the most important finding yeah. from his rookie RP profile was just that they had him doing a lot of stuff. And I, yeah, again, I think he profiles best as a, X or as a, a flanker and a slot receiver, which again, they just had a guy leave that role in Juju Smith-Schuster. Right. And it's funny, like, did you see this Kadarius Tony like article that was making the rounds this weekend? I popped uh, back up from my Joshua tree retreat this weekend to, to, to check in. And I saw like this whole Kadarius Tony thing going on. It's like, Kadarius Tony's getting all the headlines, but like in the same article, like, oh yeah, the Chiefs have big, big hopes and plans for Sky Moore as well as as Kadarius Tony. Just kind of, you know, <laughs> the Tony Bros, they'll never rest, that's for sure. Can I just say this about the Kadarius Tony Sky Moore thing? It's it's interesting to me because I know Kadarius Tony gets all the headlines and and he, you know, he's just a I don't want to say he's a more interesting player, but he certainly has garnered more interest uh, than Sky Moore. He's he's the guy that sells papers, you know what I'm saying? And Kadarius Tony. Um, and a weird dude too, by the way, Kadarius is a, is a interesting guy, uh, no doubt about it. But when I look at their two skill sets, and I, and I think about trying to run my offense through one or the other, not that I would want to run my offense through Sky Moore, but Sky Moore is your right. much more traditional NFL big boy wide receiver. Like this is a professional wide receiver. When I look at Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony. I know he's more elusive once he gets the ball in his hands, but the stuff that he does, how, how do you build a game plan around that? Right? Like that's tough. Like I think he does more gadgety type stuff and certainly more interesting with the ball in his hands after the catch. But can you really rely on Kadarius Tony to run a proper post route or to run a proper hitch or to run, you know what I'm saying? A deep over, like, I don't know. Uh, I think I, I certainly am not sure about that, but when I watch sky Moore play, I'm like, this guy can run the route tree. 
You know what I'm saying? I don't know what he's like with the ball in his hands afterwards, but he's got great hands. I mean, just snatch. He attacks the ball out of the air with, with aggressiveness, which I love. And I think he's just a professional wide receiver that again, I'd love to see him play, you know, a flanker slot full time. Totally. Uh, yeah. Kadarius Tony, like to answer your question, we haven't seen him be that player yet. Like a reliable route runner. Like we've seen him be a really good gadget player. Um, Mm -hmm. Like he'd had that one game against the Cowboys. Okay. But like, even then he's doing a lot of stuff out in space after the catch. That's what he does. Like, I think that's where he's going to be best long-term. Like I think he's a natural placement for what the chiefs just lost in Nicole Hardman. Another guy that you're not going to run your offense through, but he's going to give you no. some exciting moments. And he's certainly a more freaky, um, like he true. Tony truly has rare, rare ability in the open field. I think the way he moves sometimes, sometimes contributes to getting him hurt, but that's another topic for another time. But yeah, back, back on sky more like, the slot receiver routes, the routes that Juju's always been good on. Dig route, 87.5%. Curl route, 78.3%. Slant route, 80.8%. Flat route, 88.3%. Success rates. Like, those are good slot receiver routes. I think the, that's where he's going to end up being that short to intermediate area of the field guy. Like, he's not going to burn you deep. He's not built that way. That's not going to be his stuff. But those base right. slot receiver routes can be really good. And again, the overall success rates. 68.5% success rate versus man. That's you know, right about just slightly above average. 70 to 8.9% success rate versus zone. Slightly above average. He saw press coverage on 20% of his routes and had a 73.1% success rate. Like that's his best mark. And, you know, again, it's probably not going to want to do that at X receiver necessarily, but like in short spaces and down in the red zone situationally, when you have a guy seeing press man coverage in those situations, Sky Moore's got a pretty good release package there. So I don't know. You know, he was a guy who was compared to like Golden Tate a lot coming into the league. And mm-hmm. I kind of think that makes a lot of sense, right? Like size, um, strong run route running underneath those those routes that I mentioned. Um, also, I'd, I'd put this out there. You know, Golden Tate was like tough as nails in the contested game. And Christ, Sky yeah. Moore, just 13.9% of his targets were contested in his RP sample, but he won 80% of them. I think that's Hello. an interesting note for for Sky more too. So, yeah, I, I think there is definitely a sense of extreme pessimism out there for Sky Moore right now, both in like the NFL community and the fantasy community for sure, who were expecting a lot more things from Sky Moore as a rookie. But I think you can, you know, put up reasons why he wasn't a big part of the Chiefs' offense as a rookie and why that might change this year. And even when you pull back. Again, you look at who he was as just in isolation last year. I don't think it's nearly as bad as as you think. I mean, the not playing in and of itself is definitely an indi- it could be a negative indicator. It can be a negative indicator all on its own, but right. I think it's often taken too much as like lately it's become like this death knell that if a guy doesn't play as a rookie, it's <laughs> over. And I don't think that's true, especially in this situation. Yeah, I mean, come on, man, Tyreek Hill of all people, who I, by the way is like just. He's an alien, okay? Even Tyreek Hill, his rookie season with Kansas City, only started one game, okay? He saw six. He saw 83 targets versus 66 targets for um, Sky Moore. So, listen, rookies in Andy Reid's offense just don't do that well. Now, I get it. Uh, Tyreek Hill did have six touchdown grabs, which, you know, obviously he's a completely different stratosphere of a player. Yeah. than Sky Moore. I'm not trying to draw those parallels, but um, but there is a lot to be said about a rookie playing in this system. And oh, by the way, 
again, you mentioned it, you hit it right on the head, man. He had a very good veteran in front of him in Juju Smith-Schuster. And now a lot of those starts, obviously, I think all the starts actually came when Juju got hurt, um, which is fine. But I, I think I saw enough there, Matt, where if I'm a Kansas City fan, I, I would actually be relatively excited um, about Sky Moore's development here in year number two. By the way, again, I, I hate to draw these comparisons to Tyreek Hill because they're just a completely different stratosphere of a player. Yeah. But yeah. between year one and year two, Tyreek goes from 600 yards to nearly 1,200 yards, right? He goes from 83 targets to 100 tar- 105 targets. So um, I think there is a, and again, just, just look at the room. Look at the room in Kansas City. There is a lot uh, of runway for Sky Moore to really take off in 2023. Now, I'm talking about in real life and in fantasy. I yeah. think Sky Moore has a real chance um, to absolutely outperform um, ADP. And I, I kind of sort of like the fact um, that football Twitter is, is a little down on Sky, man. That means you're going to, in fantasy football, you're going to be able to get him at a discount. I, I truly believe that. By the way, Yo, this dude's playing with Patrick freaking Mahomes. I think he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and Juju, like his season kind of, you know, look, here's here's the deal. Like, I don't necessarily think that Sky Moore is definitely going to be like a number one receiver. Like, I don't think he profiles no. that way. I don't, you know, whatever. I Just like Juju is not a, a number one receiver, right? Like, but for what you ended up getting out of Juju last year, you know, the three touchdowns were low, but in 14 it's 16 games uh 14 starts he had 933 yards like he was he was good for the chiefs last year um sky Moore might just be good for the chiefs even if he's not great great in fantasy but yeah definitely like if i'm in a dynasty league right now and i don't have sky Moore on my team which i actually have sky Moore on on a okay, on my dynasty team but um <laughs> Like, don't necessarily be like, all right, I'm going to trade for Sky Moore. But, like, if you want to make one trade and, like, the person has Sky Moore, be like, ah, you know what? I'll, let's just I'll throw in. Th- throw in Sky Moore and I'll throw in, like, yeah. this third round rookie pick or something like that. Because I guarantee you people are kind of down on him. So I don't know. I, I think he's an yeah. interesting guy to pursue right now. Um, and yeah, I, I hope he does stay kind of cheap from an ADP perspective. But I think the Chiefs three receiver set this year will be, um, it'll, it'll be, you know, MVS out there is the X receiver. I think Rasheed yep. Rice is the developmental X receiver behind him. I think uh, Kadarius Tony will be kind of a flanker slot gadget guy. And I think um, yep. Sky Moore will be a slot flanker guy. And, and really all these guys – oh, by the way, all these guys are just battling for second – a, perhaps distant second behind Travis Kelsey <laughs> in the Travis target Kelsey packing order. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, oh, yeah, I didn't mention, oh, did, did I mention that they've got this guy named Travis Kelsey on that yeah. offense? It's going to be soaking up most of the targets. Yeah, no, listen, um, obviously that's going to be the case. But um, but yeah, I think I think there is a long runway uh, for Sky Moore to, to really have a, a nice year number two. Now, 250 yards in year number one, that does not sound exciting at all, but I, I do think uh, that Sky Moore has a chance to absolutely surprise. Listen, I'm not saying he might not even get to a thousand yards, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did get to like 900, 950 yards uh, yep. next year, handful of touchdowns and, and really make some splash plays uh, that people are going to be surprised by anyways. Okay. Um, are you guys following Matt Harmon on social media? Are you guys following reception perception on social media? Um, we post a lot of these clips. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, we, we simulcast this thing. We, we videotape it and 
uh, we give it to our great editors and our editors put it all together. Uh, and, and so if you miss the podcast, go follow Matt on his YouTube page where a lot of the more interesting conversation points uh, will live there. So, and again, I think our editors are doing God, great man, stuff. They're just doing a bang up job uh, putting these pieces together. So again, go find Matt Harmon, uh, Matt Harmon, BYB on YouTube. Uh, and on Twitter as well, but uh, but certainly try to find him uh, on the social media side, and uh, and we'll be off and running, man. Uh, again, uh, we're just look, Matt. Speak on it a little bit. Tell the people because, man, I, I tell you what, you are really, really pumping out a lot of content this off season. Oh my God, yeah. Um, luckily, I don't have anything else going on in my life. I can focus <laughs> all on content. <laughs> I know. God. Oh, you're not just prepping for a cross country move or anything. You didn't just buy your first house or anything. Yeah, it's all nothing else. Fine. Nothing else going on. Luckily, pretty pretty wide open in terms of that perspective. So uh, yeah, Christ. focus all on content. But yeah, man. I mean, Ugh. look, like you said, the second year receivers just went up on the site. Definitely, this yep. is a great time to subscribe to Reception Perception. We are for pumping sure. out a lot more of these video clips. Hopefully, so people will find reception perception and, and, and subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to the site. Um, and, but it is funny. Like, yeah, I, I love these second year receivers, but you know, James, I already today pulled up the, the charting tracker for the next group, which will be coming oh, yeah. out on June 5th. You know, that's the oh, baby priority young guys, the year three to four players. Um, you know, Hey, pretty good names in there too. Jamar Chase, Amon Ross St. Brown, Br our guy Brandon Ayuk <laughs> about to bust out the RP charts here. So, yeah, I mean, never a dull time. Never a dull no. time, that's for sure. All right, receptionperception.com. Go find Matt Harmon on YouTube and on Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, I am James Coe, but for Matt Harmon, we say peace out. We're out of time. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>